0: You're listening to a Roddenberry Podcast. Hello and welcome to Women at Warp, a Roddenberry Star Trek podcast. Join us on our continuing mission to explore intersectional diversity in infinite combinations. My name is Kennedy, and thanks for tuning in. With me today are Elisa.
1: Hello, it's me, Elisa Pearl. I, I don't know why I did that.
0: <laughs> it's cool, I, I'm digging it. And we've got two immensely special guests with us, in no particular order. I have Angelique Rocher. Yo. <laughs> and Carama <laughs> Horn. Carama,
2: aka the poor girl, what's up? <laughs> <laughs>
0: Ah. As you can tell, folks, this is a hell of a ride. I hope you knew what you were getting in for, for our Black History Month installment. But before we get into our main topic, a little housekeeping that I gotta do first. Our show is made possible by our patrons on Patreon. We've revamped our Patreon tiers for the new year, bringing in some new rewards, like exclusive Women at Warp merch. So, if you've ever thought about checking out our Patreon, now is the perfect time. We really appreciate the support. You can find us at patreon.com slash women at warp. Check out our TeePublic store for t-shirts, hoodies, mugs, masks, and more at tpublic.com slash stores slash women at warp. And we're regularly curating new designs. All of these links are also, of course, on our website at at womenatwarp.com. Just a heads up, we'll be touching on this over the course of the episode, but at the end of the month, February 27th, we will have a live panel, a live production, a live presentation, if you will, of Star Trek Into Blackness, my favorite nerdy project that just keeps growing because Trek keeps growing. That will be Saturday, February 27th at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on YouTube and Facebook Live. Check back on the site for more details. But enough work. <laughs> hey girl. Hi! <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us, Angelique and Karama. I am I am I am beside myself. Those of you who are unaware of our two esteemed I've been steeped. guests. <laughs>
3: Look, I am steeped in a lot of things, so it's probably quite appropriate.
0: (laughs) Our esteemed guests, if you follow any type of nerd journalistic endeavors or geek culture coverage, you have seen these two glorious women or you have heard their two glorious voices and, you know, you're welcome (laughs) for collecting this fabulous group of people. I do accept tribute. We can discuss details later. How this is always a a loaded question, but how are we holding up now, cats and kittens? I I drink heavily, but
2: you know besides that I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> holding
3: up, mm. Ugh. that is such a ask me in five minutes. Am I have uh-huh. an actual answer? I'm not quite. I mm. live in California, and everybody <laughs> can read into that what that what that means.
1: Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, same. Same. It's a day by day thing for me. Yeah. Depends on the day. Yeah. Cool. Or the hour or the
3: afternoon.
0: Well, the best part is we're pushing through like we always do, as we've seen evident not only in our very immediate families, our, our ancestral uh, uh, survival skills, but also in depictions in the future. And I wanted to take this time to explore the impact of Blackness and Black culture in everybody's favorite sci-fi <laughs> conglomerate, Star Trek. Because <laughs> it it's is. bigger than a franchise at this point. When your franchise is old enough to, you know, start collecting checks, it's, uh, it's a bigger deal. Wow. Did you
3: did you just say that Star Trek is on Social Security collecting their checks and they've already gotten to the point where their IRA is paying out and they're not paying in? Is is that what we just
2: Ah, we're
0: not quite there. That was
2: oddly specific. Oddly specific.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking the same thing. Depending on what type of investments, what their portfolio looked like early on in their career. I mean, if we recall, there was a bit of a lag in the 70s, but once things picked up with TNG, you know, if depending on when they retired, Obviously, Angelique and I could go in when it comes to was I
3: was just, just going to let Kennedy keep going, y'all. Sorry. Just... <laughs> Actually, when you take into consideration the exchange rate between
0: Latinum and Persian money. No, let's not.
3: Look, man, some people take that drop. They do that early retirements. You don't know. You don't know what that, you know.
0: Yeah, no I don't judgment. Know that life. But Trek eight retiring because we've got yeah. all these new series, we've got all these new seasons of new series. And it really is the the gift that keeps on giving, but I believe, and I have a hunch that the three of you and those of you listening will agree, that one of the greatest gifts of Trek that keeps on giving is the Cosmic African Diaspora. Now, what is the Cosmic African Diaspora, you might ask?
3: I was asking that, Kennedy. Thank you for... Yes.
0: It's valid. It's a valid question. Who 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 talks like that? <laughs> I do. <laughs> I define the cosmic African diaspora as a concept that includes the nuances of blackness and black culture that transcends race, species, and vast distances in space.
2: I'm glad you defined it cuz I thought we were just talking about Cisco's cousins or something, but I'm I'm cool. I got it down. I'm good. <laughs> hey, I was just like, why that was a
3: lot though. Kennedy, that how do you even break that apart? That just, just <laughs> once mm-hmm. once black people mm-hmm. got into space, I'm pretty sure we were like, cool, 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 we out,
0: right? And and that happened. But what is cool, I think about Star Trek is that there's representations of blackness across different species. And we've seen this in evidence of black Vulcans, black Klingons, black Romulans, and there was even a black Cardassian once upon a time. So that implies that the The presence of blackness transcends not only this planet, but also exists on different planets in different ways. If you want to get really super niche about it, when you look at races like the Romulans, right? If we're all caught up on Picard, we know that Romulans can look two different ways. The northern Romulans have bumpy-ass foreheads, and the southern Romulans look like watered-down Vulcans. Those are the same species, but they're two different races. I've seen black actors play both types of those Romulans. So that, to me, is an indicator, not only that the casting directors know what the hell is up, but also that Blackness can exist on any planet that has a sun and a climate. So I wanted to not only define that for everyone, but also put that that bee in your bonnet, if you will, because it circles back onto some of the representation that we'll get to Dive, dive into over the course of this episode does that all make sense have i have i broken it down are we good are we on the same page
1: i mean yes and you also kind of blew my mind with the southern and northern romulan thing i didn't know that never saw that never realized
2: that
0: oh yeah oh yeah
2: I didn't know there was ever a Black actor that played a Cardassian, so you just blew my mind with that one, too. Oh, yeah.
0: It was later on in Deep Space Nine. I think it was definitely Season 7, if not... Se- it must, must have been Season 7, because Damar had already deflected. So this guy was supposed to be, like, the Damar replacement and was, like, super Cardassian. And Wayun, and the changers were just like, yeah, yeah, sure, sure, and scapegoated the hell out of him, but... Is that because he was a new guy or because he was the Black Cardassian? We'll never really know, will we?
1: Uh Uh-oh, uh-oh. Was he... Question about this Black Mm Cardassian. Was he, like, visibly Black or just played by a Black actor?
0: I will say yes to both of those things because his skin tone was different than the other Cardassians in the room, I imagine, because the makeup, you know, layers different. The pigment of the makeup layers different against darker skin, so the actor was definitely black. I noticed that instantly because his eyes were brown. And we don't really see too many dark-eyed Cardassians. They tend to look very mm. snake-like.
1: Interesting.
0: But yeah, that was a, a whole Negro dressed up as a Cardassian. Yeah. <laughs> and I saw him and, and lost my shit because I didn't think that Cardassians could be black. So that one character, that, it's killing me that I can't remember the character's name or what even episode it was. I'm sure someone will hit us up in the replies later. But yeah, blew, blew my mind. So if we can go so far as to suspend disbelief that Blackness can exist in all these different species for all these different reasons, to me, that implies that there's been a certain influence of the culture upon the people creating the stories. So with that being said, if we're looking at how Blackness has influenced Star Trek itself, The first thing that comes to mind, if we're thinking chronologically, is Uhura. I found this out the other day. It blew my mind. Hopefully, you all will get a kick out of it, too. When Nichelle Nichols was auditioning for the part, she had a copy of Uhuru, which was written by Robert Ruark in 1962, and the casting directors saw it, including Roddenberry, and they looked up what the word meant and decided that this character was going to be named Uhura. Oh, and by the way, may as well be this fabulously edge-snatching, gloriously beautiful woman who happened to bring this book to my attention in the first place. Because I read some discourse, there was some back and forth about what to actually name the character, and it wasn't until he saw that book. My dad knew
2: that actually about Uhura and my household growing up. We were a very limited types of TV shows we were allowed to watch. Like, I was one of those nerdy kids that never saw Good Times as a child because my father was like, we're not allowed to watch that because we don't do that. And it was very interesting because it was his concept of what we were seeing in the media that he felt that would, would affect us. I'm, I'm not saying it was right or wrong. I'm just saying that was his thi- that was his thinking at the time. But Star Trek was one of those things that all the reruns, we were allowed to watch whenever it came on. And he they really, really... What especially when we found out about Uhura's name. And so that was one of the things he used to say. He's like, Yes, because that name is Swahili. So you definitely can watch that show. We're like, Okay, thanks. We're just here for the space, but okay. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: Just just here for the blackness of space, but cool. <laughs> yeah, I I can empathize, Karama. I wasn't allowed to watch most black people things coming up either for very comparable reasons. So Yay. you are not alone. <laughs> I feel these. seen. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so that that blew my mind reading that because I, for some reason, just assumed they, I don't know what I thought, I guess uh, they workshopped and I assumed, who, who knows these things, but that, that really kind of blew my mind. And then if we look a little bit further down into the franchise itself, let's look at Picard's support team, aka Black Women Only. Did you all notice that?
1: Yes. I mean, especially after you and I had our Guinan conversation. hmm And we talked about this briefly. Guinan, Lily, and Rafi, right?
0: Yeah. 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 He listens to Admirals and those three. And that's it. I
2: didn't think about that, but yes. I mean, you know what it was? It took me a minute to see when he was really going to listen to Rafi, because I was having issues with Rafi when I first met her. But, but... You are correct.
0: Well, you can't just leave that. What? <laughs> we'll, we'll circle back to see what your 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 issues with Rafi are, because I'm pretty sure we, I, we're on the same page with that one. But yeah, eventually he mm-hmm. had to listen to her. He dragged her along, got her ass fired. He may as well listen to what the hell she got to say, right? Mm. Which I find odd, but mm. yes. So it's it's clearly something that is a theme. I, I, I'm not quite sure how I feel about the fact that Picard's support team is only Black women. It's one of those visibility things. Issues like, is this the only thing you see us as? Do you realize that we're complex individuals that can't always be there to rescue you? It's a thing, but it's, it's a recurring theme as well. So I I felt the need to note it. But speaking about, I think it was you, Karma, that mentioned it earlier, the, the Cisco's, the Cisco's and them, Avery and them in space, like just the impact of, of Deep Space Nine in general, right? But also, the Sisko's and what Avery Brooks insisted on being represented in this series. I mean, mud, cloth, yes. and space. No,
2: absolutely. And also, we, we have to, like, acknowledge the fact that... I acknowledge the fact that they did a much better... DS9 did a much better job with Jake Sisko than anybody ever did with Wesley Crusher. And I can't help but think that Avery Brooks had something to do with that.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember speaking <laughs> speaking with Throck... And he's mentioned how important mentorship was to Avery Brooks on set. Not only in that father-son role, but also as like an experienced actor and a young actor capacity. So he was very hands-on in making sure that, that Jake was substantial. Even if he, he was really, you know, it's just a little side character there. But you, you think about the Cisco's, you think about the, the strong representation of, of black fatherhood. I mean, John jambalaya in space like and the fact that he made sure that both of his wives were portrayed by black actors is important too because a lot of times we get erased when it comes to being a spouse
1: mm-hmm.
0: and it's just that was impactful to me and then to round that out and i'm sure there's things in between i'm, I'm curious to hear what you all think michael motherfuck- burnham <laughs> excuse me i apologize captain <laughs> yes Michael, Month mm-hmm. Burnham. Okay, Homegirl went from surviving trauma at a very young age and then being traumatized again by those Vulcans. Good heavens, the poor thing. <laughs> mm. <laughs> and then went from scapegoat to savior in under four seasons. And the amount of people that are pissed off on the heels of that is just—it just makes it so much more delicious, in in my humble opinion. <laughs> but please, I, I'm I'm curious to hear what what you all think about. What parts of the culture have influenced Trek as a whole, or or in specific instances, if you can think of anything?
1: Well, I know we're going to touch on this later, but I wanted to talk about before we talk about the real world implications. I want to talk about the scientists. There are lots and lots of like formulative black scientists that Star Trek put forth. So, like Richard Daystrom Mm -hmm. in the original series was established as the best scientist in starfleet he's the one who like designed the computers that all of the ships ran on black man played by a black actor
0: william marshall
1: yes william marshall so there's that and also speaking of lily she was an aeronautical engineer Mm -hmm. played by alfred woodard oh here the developer of the molecular transporter
0: yeah dr erickson
1: yes emery erickson played by bill Cobbs. And that was in Star Trek Enterprise. So he had an episode with Captain John- Jonathan Archer. So, yeah. So, like, there was some really amazing representation for for scientists, black scientists and Star Trek. And as we know, these types of things definitely have a ripple effect in the world where people, like, watch Star Trek and then grow up wanting to be scientists because of it.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah,
0: that's a real thing. I'm glad that you mentioned Dr. DeStrom because... I po- we have a um, I'm posting those blogs this month for all the ancillary characters and the one for Dr. Daystrom posted to today as a recording you'll hear this later and hopefully you will read it by the time you listen to this <laughs> and someone already hopped in the comments and was like yeah but he was a homicidal asshole I'm like um first of all show me where you're perfect <laughs> <laughs> that's what I thought <laughs> <laughs> secondly clearly you didn't read because the bitch definitely covered that have a seat don't come over here talk about my uncle even if he is fictional yeah i don't (laughs) even understand
2: why anybody ever tries to test kennedy on her star trek knowledge i don't understand like like have you like have you met her like goodness gracious why would you do that
0: (laughs) girl i don't know i just let him you know you just whose child is this i don't even (laughs) even know
3: you guys are kind of laying it out right now for me like I think it was always the subtext characters for me. It was never the big characters for me that made me feel like, oh, there's blackness in space mainly because I never wanted to think, oh, that's the first one. All Mm -hmm. right. The second one. Mm -hmm. Cool, 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 cool. And then there was only one. So it was always really interesting for me seeing just like the random side characters pop up or like the kids playing around. So like, you know seeing that kind of reflected like even when they got to to dock or when they were back in San Francisco or they were at the academy like it was always the group mm-hmm. shot for me right, right? that that mm-hmm. made me feel like oh oh here we are oh 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 we exist <coughs> we made it cool cool
1: cool we're not just tokens well and that's and
3: that's it like, like and i think it's 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 one of those things where i know the the folks that are you know, all of us on the show right now have been the first or the only in a room. And I think it has always been so much more impactful for me because I love Ahura. Look, we don't even have to start talking about how many times that I've sat on a panel and been the only OG Star Trek. Everybody else is talking about Voyager you No, know, and no offense to Voyager, but I'm like, I'm I'm breaking down the Ahura paradigm. Right. Mm. The 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 fact that, you know, lines were left on the floor, the fact that she was not allowed to shine as a dancer and a singer for most of mm-hmm. the shows. You know what I'm saying? Like, I own an Ahura comic book. Like, that's mm. that's that's my heart. But it wasn't really impactful to me until we got to the movies and there were, you know, you had that rare glimpse glimpse of a family or that rare glimpse of. There's just there's just there's a smattering of us and not just oh Ahura's on the bridge. Cool, 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 cool. Or or even like for me, honestly, there's one particular episode and I'm blanking right now where there is a shapeshifter that is on the ship in the original series.
0: Oh, the man trap. Hmm.
3: The man trap. I just thank you, thank you, thank you. And one thing that stood out to me is that they didn't they didn't asexualize Ahura. They 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 gave us a gorgeous, gorgeous brown skin man on the ship, right? Where, you know, she starts speaking
0: Swahili,
3: right? There's this one particular scene. Are you sure it's the man trap, Kennedy? Is it the
0: manager? Yes, because I, I literally just checked, because I thought that the character that you're referencing was a crew member. Come to No. Find it was a, yeah. a changeling, and he was bouncing around from person to person trying to, like, entice them and, and stuff. And when it saw her, it changed its appearance to be this beautiful, beautiful <laughs> man. Gorgeous. And and just starts, like, rapping to her in Swahili. She was like, sir. <laughs>
3: right. <laughs> hey, <laughs> Where are you? And I thought that for me, as a person who has studied television from its, like, its inception in the 50s when, like, black folks first got, Lead character names and like Beulah and Amos and Andy, and the stereotypes and the tropes that were just so layered on. And to have this like one rare moment, this insanely fun moment, even though she was clearly in danger, you in danger, girl.
0: Right. <laughs> I was like, yo, but she gets to be sexy. That's yeah. dope. And the best thing about that episode is. Early on in the episode, she was trying to holler at Spock. She was like, so what's it like on Vulcan? And he was like, it's a planet.
3: So first of all, the only reason I like the Kelvin universe <laughs> is, is because, because of that. Because, yes. Yeah. You want to know? Wh- no. And I, I will go down. I have sung karaoke dresses, as Uhura, talking about her love for Spock. This is how hardcore I am. Uhura and Spock are the smartest two people in that crew. They deserve each other. <laughs> and all Leonard Nimoy wanted, he's like, look, you know what? I get it, Kirk. You're cool. You're a cowboy. That doesn't mean you always get to get the girl. And that is why I like the cow. Cal- Everything else that people got problems with, fine. Have your problems. But I truly always wanted Spock to end up with Uhura. And I got it. So, yeah. Yeah, you know. <laughs> winner, winner, chicken dinner. I, I, winner, winner, chicken dinner. Live <laughs> your best life, Leonard Nimoy.
2: Live it. Uhura was absolutely also my favorite character because I don't remember when it was, I feel like I was in college before I figured this out, but the day that I realized that Uhura was the original universal translator, I just stopped me in my tracks because people Mm -hmm. forget. And they don't, I feel Mm -hmm. like that came out in, in what we were just talking about the Calvin universe JJ Abrams version, but people just would just forget that Uhura had the ability to speak every language, not just in the country she was from, but in several galaxies and multiple dialects. Right. And the fact, and inadvertently, she was the quintessential Black woman who is basically always in the back of the room, listening, knowing what's going on, but nobody ever pays attention to the fact that she's there. So like, Aurora became my role model because of that, because you can't get away, I think, from, I mean, I would love to get away from it, but I feel like in my lifetime, I, I don't think I can get away from being one of the only black women in a room. When I'm we're talking about like mainstream spaces or, or pop culture things, just like Anjali was referring to. So, but Uhura had that level of A, like you said, being gorgeous, B, wearing, wearing that dress, and C, not being here for your nonsense. And like a woman who can cuss you out in at least a thousand languages, come on now, come on. Mm. yeah say it
0: she was she was something else i gotta i gotta split a tiny hair though Uh, technically ensign hoshi sato was the first universal translator but Uh, to be fair them nx runs didn't really go too far out right as much mm -hmm. as as hoshi might have built that database i'm I'm pretty sure a lot of that failed by the time (laughs) Uh Uh (laughs) Uh uhura was dealing with klingons and shit
2: okay no 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 you know more than me you know more than me in that so i will defer to your expertise but growing up that's what i thought and that meant so much
0: yeah but and and growing up technically you weren't wrong right because canonically hoshi oh, hadn't hadn't stepped onto the scene yet
2: oh it's
3: it's alright it's alright karima she's talking about the the one version of star trek that many of us <laughs>
0: haven't, haven't haven't watched listen it's mm-hmm. still there if you ever want the opportunity
3: yeah, I mean, I hear you. I hear it. I, I respect it and I acknowledge it and I get that it's canon, but that doesn't mean I have to like it.
0: Oh, my goodness. You don't have to like it, but you need to know your history. It's cuz listen, <laughs> it's been a long road, okay? Getting <laughs> <laughs> here. <laughs> and and not for nothing, Scott Bakula in that flight suit. Just saying. Look. I
3: have a lot of respect for Scott Bakula as a person, as an actor, as a mentor. From the stories that I've heard from folk, I he has been quantum look, leap. Quantum yep. leap. That's yeah. all I gotta say. But <laughs> but or, um, <laughs> y'all, <laughs> just I have a lot of opinions. I have a lot of uh, I have a lot of feelings when it comes to Enterprise. And they're just not going to change. And you're talking you're talking to somebody who literally <laughs> lost their whole loving shit when they saw Pike pop up in Discovery. Whole loving shit. And then number one, mm-hmm. whole loving shit, right? You were talking to somebody who has literally watched the pilot more times than probably is damn near necessary. But Enterprise, I just <laughs> have feelings.
2: I, <laughs>
3: I has feelings. I, <laughs> That's bringing right. Bring it
2: back to the Michael Burnham thing, though. The in terms of discovery because <laughs> I, I was like we're gonna go down the road thank you for saving us karma thank you i was just gonna say <laughs> i have faith
0: of the heart because okay? i was like they
2: about to fight, <laughs> they about to fight.
3: <laughs> no we're not gonna fight I, I was gonna agree to disagree I was, i'm
0: good it's fine there's no ill will everything's gucci because nx happened oh whether God. people don't like it or not <laughs> exactly
2: exactly <laughs> I do want to make a statement about Michael Burnham. Well, not just Michael Burnham, but Star Trek Discovery. So everybody obviously talks about the fantastic job that Sonequa Martin-Green, as Michael Burnham, has been doing. And I I acknowledge that. I think she's an incredible, incredible actress. But I had a conversation on my podcast with David Ajala, who plays Book. And when I spoke to him, it is very clear that what we have seen, not just in Discovery, but also in Short Treks, the blackness that we are all, no, the people of color as a whole that we are seeing throughout discovery come directly from executive producer and director Olatunji Oshinsami. And then I got a chance to talk oh, to yeah. Olatunji Oshinsami and I asked him directly. I'm like, so you put, you, out here, you just out here putting Nigerians in space, but that's what, we're, that's what you're doing because he's Nigerian, <laughs> David Ajala's is Nigerian. Oyin o- Olajo, who plays Joanne Owashekun, is also Nigerian, and he was like, mm-hmm. "Oh yeah, you haven't even seen behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's great." Oh, oh, that I that whole like, yeah, the actual like crew, amazing, amazing stuff. And then even he directed Calypso, which was the short track that Aldis Hodge was in. That I swear has everything to do with what we saw this season with the. With what was happening to the onboard computer, but we'll get there. So I, I think the lov- the lovely thing that we're seeing with discovery, at, we were just talking about aurora being the only one in the back of the room, is look how look how much more beautiful it can get, blacky right. Yes,
0: Negro <laughs> collard greens, injera bread, and maybe some fried chicken with um, who knows, whatever you like to drink. Like I'm not gonna judge.
2: No, listen, I'm gonna acknowledge the Nigerians in the room, and I'm gonna say, and some Egus- egusi and fufu. Yeah, it will get <laughs> when you have somebody behind the scenes that is like, you know what, this needs a little bit of color. I'm not asking you. This is just what we're doing. I love y'all. This is what we're doing. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you.
3: Right. Mm-hmm. And I, I that makes, it makes, it makes a difference, man. It makes a difference.
0: Again, I don't <laughs> understand why you don't believe me when I said Wakanda forever. <laughs> not one week, not one year, <laughs> not even two years. Here we are three years down the line and still going strong. Hey, we even have Wakandans in space. Okay. Wakanda forever. Yeah, I'm done with you.
2: <laughs> Forever. <laughs> but wait, wait, but also I just want to acknowledge that this season we also saw the first thing, first time I've ever seen a black trill, and they brought sis back twice. I don't know her
0: name. And mm-hmm. she's not just the black Sill, she's the like president of Trill. Yeah. Like that's her, yeah. her shit. Not only is that her shit.
3: She was like, I also love when she was like, I hear you saying what you want, but. Mm, right.
2: I'm telling you what you're going to get.
0: <laughs> Not only was there her, but also the general mm-hmm. of the Earth Defense Force was mm-hmm. a black woman, a yeah. whole black Brit at that. She looked at them like, mm, a few strings. i quaint. <laughs> I said, bitch, did you just read this? Shit? They were like, don't you know who we are? And she's
2: like, I represent the planet. So. She said, no. I. You cannot park here. You cannot park here, okay? I'm just letting you go. <laughs> Do you
3: not see this no loading zone?
0: I was like, hold up. How you going to read the ship? We just got here, first of all. Secondly, damn. Hi. Hello. How are you? Also, did you expect her not to read the ship oh, as God. soon as they got Yo, there? She's a black
3: woman. She read-, Yo, she read them as they entered the Milky Way. What are we talking
0: about here? I lost it.
3: I mean they Uh, jumped but y'all know what i mean it
0: was fabulous
3: let me not get corrected
0: it's cool it's fine (laughs) because they can't beat all of us you know what i mean so it's it's, 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 us but but yeah so representation in discovery at least i know this is a tough subject for you but the representation of blackness in lower decks we had (gasps) multi-generational black women running things
3: y'all don lewis but also don lewis we just have a moment for don lewis like Don, like Don, like y'all. Don Lewis is one of the only Black women in mm-hmm. the guild for theme songs because she co-wrote a different world. Don yep. Lewis,
2: who played Tina Turner's mama on Broadway, <laughs> Don Lewis. Wait, I have a question. I need to know why Elisa has has an issue with four yes. What yes. happened?
0: Ooh. Mm. We, uh oh. Uh oh, I don't, I don't know if you want to. Mm. We gonna get into this after this because I want Elisa to have mm. the full scope of the room okay. to express herself, and we can't do this here. This is a, this is a monitored frequency. That's not what today is for. No, it's not. <laughs> this, this is a, this is, this is a official Starfleet oh. frequency, and they're monitoring oh. this at all times. I don't want to hear any shit from the admiral anymore. Okay, I'm trying to keep it clear. I just got my broadcasting oh. privileges back. Okay. Let's um, <laughs> let, oh. let's uh, let's not rock the boat oh. just yet. But lower decks. I mean, I
3: I am a fan of lower decks, so I really want to have this conversation offline.
0: <sighs> oh, it's lit! It's a dope ass conversation. Don't get it chopped. I'm just saying. I.
3: <laughs> but I also like. I also believe it's not. It's not without its problems.
0: I'm sure. Hmm. I'll just put it this way: not everything is for group discussion. Oh, okay. <laughs> but I'll say that however we feel about it, there's not only a, a one, but two black women on lower decks. And it is the first time we got to see a black woman captain. Sure. There are reservations at the first time we see it. It's
3: wait. Wait, it's not the first time we see a black On woman the captain.
0: series as a showrunner, yeah.
1: Like as the regular
3: Okay. I was about to say I was
1: about to say yeah. as the main one of the main characters. All there right. was
0: Captain LaForge, there was Captain Silva in Star Trek Four. That was the first one I saw. I was still Madge Sinclair, but I saw her and I said, Oh, so we really make it out this motherfucker.
2: Oh, right. Jamaicans, Ch-nake- Jamaicans in space. Jamaicans in space. Yes. Wait,
3: wait, e- e- even yes. even even if it was only five, five, six minutes.
2: I was okay with that. We made mm-hmm. it. Cool with it.
3: Mm-hmm. Oh, I was I was ecstatic. I lost my mind the third and fourth mm-hmm. time I saw it. Cause I realized how you knew mm-hmm. us mm-hmm. because we didn't see it again for a very long time
0: for almost 30 years.
2: Well, and, and you know, it's funny <laughs> when we have conversations about <laughs> diversity and people ask me like, well, like it, it, do we need it or what, how, why is it in, that important? Especially when it's not necessarily the creator's original vision. And I give them what I call the headphone philosophy. And it's like, when you buy a new set of headphones, And they Mm -hmm. sound amazing. And you have this crisp, amazing surround sound and everything. And then you sit there and you go, how in the world? What was I listening to before? How did I not know this existed? So like the Mm -hmm. world is so much more rich and beautiful and full of sounds and colors that you've never seen before. When you start incorporating other people's vision, other people's visions and interpretations of an original story. Also fiction, so get over it.
0: <laughs> right.
1: Right, right.
2: Uh, right.
3: Tell me how you really feel about it, Karen.
0: <laughs> that was a very Romulan-esque way to
3: to her and she was like if you got a problem go kick rock
0: you 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 can uh you can claim all that cling on shit if you want to elisa (laughs) but i know romulan shit when i hear it that was some smooth ass (laughs) tell them how you really feel though but go off tell them why you mad but go off sis sis.
2: and sis said you know what i am thank you and another thing (laughs) no i just i'm just tired of seeing these arguments like, you know, about why certain things don't work because they don't look like they used to. Like, it, I, I don't understand. I just, I don't. I really mm-hmm. don't. I agree. A hundred percent, I agree. You can sit here and tell me that a replicator yeah. in a movie is clearly broken because it's kicked out the same juice seven times. But I give you two or three women of color and you actually think that's a problem. Like, what?
0: Well, we all know why. Why? We all know why. It, it, oh,
3: well, it's because they've they've sat there and, and they've done exactly what most people do. They assimilate a thing that was never really meant to be a certain way, and they put their own beliefs on it, and then they own it. You didn't know that, Kennedy? They own it after
2: that. Oh, I was just gonna say racism, but okay, that works too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what it is. That, no, we say the same thing though. That's what it I is.
3: Just, I just added more words. <laughs> Colonizing
1: racism about the same thing chicken and egg entitlement another word to add to it
0: yeah it's that's like let's be specific let's label it properly right it's entitlement and it's it's bigotry because racism implies that these people who are viewing it and have opinions are in positions of power to oppress others and they don't
3: or that they're nuanced because i think that's the other thing i was getting at about this ownership this ownership isn't nuanced they aren't being they think because they're making some kind of, quote-unquote, nuanced argument that has a lot of details in it that they're being nuanced and they're right. not. Because if they were really being nuanced, they would realize that the original writer's room was fighting against the network the entire time. And they were being ruled by the advertisers. And stuff that was supposed to make it on air didn't because the people who controlled it were institutionalizing racism on the airwaves saying, quote-unquote, it won't mm-hmm. sell and our advertisers yeah. will pull their dollars.
0: Right. Also, if you're accustomed to, you know, your specific experience being the norm, whenever different experiences are introduced, it automatically feels like oppression because you're forced to make room. It's not pie. Oh. It's not pie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so I'm
2: so, so did you not did you not see someone who looked like
0: you? Oh
2: I have a question for Kennedy that will keep you out your bank. Well, <laughs> well maybe not, but I have
0: to say question I have, and I've
2: been meaning to ask you this, and it's so funny that I get to do it on this very podcast. But I know you didn't hop on the discovery train as early as some of us. <laughs> and I had a question for you about <laughs> when you did yes, and I yes, for <laughs> good reason. And <laughs>
0: Whoa! Whoa! No! Hold on! I'm gonna stop you right there for shitty reasons, and here's why. I was one of those "quote unquote" new Trek people who didn't want anything to do with like new Star Trek because it wasn't chronologically sound or whatever the hell. And if y'all had told me that Shazad oh. Latif was on that first I'm and sorry. second season, I'd have been watched that shit.
3: Oh no! I was I wasn't on board because I was like, oh, so we gonna send the black woman to prison? Okay, she gonna because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. and then she gonna be a prison, and now y'all want mm-hmm. her to do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. uh-huh. we, we haven't been oppressed enough. Okay. And you're going to blame everything. Mm-hmm. on? She was just trying to warn y'all. And now you're going to blame a whole war. Okay.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Take no responsibility for the fact that Starfleet did not have the appropriate protocol on how to interact with Klingons. You just gonna blame her for doing the right shit because she didn't ask you first. Cool 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 tight tight tight
2: right because because black women but that was not what I was going to ask you. I was going to ask you about the Klingons <laughs> so there was all yep. the, there was all these things that were circulated when it first dropped by people who actually had not watched the show they just saw images that felt that some of the the black Klingons were caricatures. I thought they were stunning. But anyway,
3: gorgeous. They were beautiful.
2: But I thought it was very interesting because I'm watching the show saying, no, I'm seeing a range of skin tones. I found it very interesting that the albino Klingon was the one that was the outcast. Mm
0: -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm
2: -hmm. I didn't find it interesting. I found it liberating. Well, I but here's the thing, and I'm using the word albino, but I don't even think that's the word that that was used on the show.
0: But I think they did. I think they did use albinism.
2: Okay. I wanted I wanted to ask you your mm-hmm. opinion of that part when you did finally see those first 2-3 episodes and see all of these Klingons and I cuz I remember people asking me like What do you think? And I'm like, I think Klingons come in all kinds of colors like Black people do. I don't understand. Where's the problem? I miss the problem.
0: Yeah, we've already established through Worf and Kern and their systemic erasure from the Klingon High Council that Mm -hmm. Klingons can be Black. I didn't have a problem with there being so many different complexions. I didn't even have a problem with them looking extra crustacean-y. Yeah,
3: the design was a little weird for a moment it took my brain a second but also so was the highly racist original klingons that look like mongolians yeah Uh, i
1: think the discovery to klingons were definitely a step way above tos klingons in terms
0: of design so here's when you when you look at the the klingon chronology chronology (laughs) chronology there you go we remember those of us who have watched Enterprise that the reason why Klingons went from having ridges to not having ridges that, ah,
3: That's a lot of shade. That was a lot of shade. Just saying. I, it's cold over
0: here and I live in California.
2: Exactly. I just got a blanket because I got to chill. Damn!
0: <laughs> Klingons went to having no ridges because they took the Augment virus. The same thing mm-hmm. that made a Khan and them super strong and super smart and stuff. They took that wanting to do the same thing. And because it was designed for humans, it took their ridges.
3: Huh, so they erased the racism by giving a scientific reason? No,
0: they explained no, no. the racism mm-hmm. by giving it a scientific yeah. reason. <laughs> That's all. <laughs> it was an explanation, not an excuse. When you think about episodes like, what was the one on de- The Next Generation where they all like devolved? And Troy turned into yeah. like a salamander and shit and Worf got all s- super crustacean-y?
1: I should know the name of this because we just did that episode about viruses. Forget the name of that episode, but I know what
0: you're talking about. If Worf was a, a devolved Klingon, if that is a proto-Klingon, is that, if that is their Homo erectus or their Neanderthal, it stands to reason that Klingons would evolve past the Augment virus into something that's extra crustacean-y like that. Right. Mm. If that's what they originally looked at before they started to evolve and developing, you know, cognitive abilities and brain function and society and fire and shit, then I'm OK with Takuvma and them looking the way that they did. I
2: love how she said Takuvma and them.
0: <laughs> that was, they. I said, God T'Kuvma damn. Because, <laughs> you know, you already know Takuvma invited to the cookout. He was talking about liberation against an oppressive imperialistic mm-hmm. system. If that ain't a Marcus Garvey, Fred Hampton, and Klingon form, I don't know what is.
1: Well, he trusted nary a human. None of them. He was, Takuma was not about humans. Nope. He was,
0: yes. And, and even had the nerve to be like, here they go, here they go, here come they bullshit. Look, 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 look. Exactly. He was like, you hear that? You hear that? <laughs> they only shit again. Here they come with they bullshit. Yep. And you can't be me, mad because he wasn't wrong. <laughs> Takuma was black.
1: We have established Takuma was black. I f- with Takuma. Y'all, whether whether or
3: not, and I I love you, Kennedy. The first time I ever met you, you were you were cosplaying as a Klingon, and I will never forget it. Well, technically, the first time I met you was in the gym. Right. The first time I met you, met you, you were dressed as a Klingon, and I was like, that girl looks familiar. Also,
2: she ride hard for Klingon. <laughs> <laughs> I respect it, but I but I come. I listen, and I, as as far as long as I've known you, I completely agree. But I also think that. I had shouted out the actor, Chris Obi when I saw him because I loved Sekoufma. And he was like, how did you recognize me? I'm like, oh, no, I had to look it up. But I was a fan of the actor because he also played Anubis in the first season of American Gods. And I just thought he's oh. gorgeous.
0: Oh. And he's gorgeous oh. as it is. Girl, you could tell he was gorgeous underneath yes. all that makeup. I said, he I said, he fine. I don't know who he is. <laughs> But I would love one, please. And thank you.
2: I will take two. Thank you.
0: Yes. Alisa, <laughs> what do you think about this? Because I don't know if you all know, Elisa has a whole RPG, a Klingon RPG. She has baking, cooking channels in Klingon. <laughs> did you all know?
2: Oh, no, I did not.
0: Did you know that gluten is without honor? <laughs>
3: <laughs> gluten is without honor in this house. True. So.
0: That is Respect.
2: the name of this episode. Respect. I'm telling you right now.
0: we can it's already been taken it's branded content already
1: it's it's part of my merch i actually have
0: gluten is without honor on my merch
3: i would like a link in the chat so i can give you my bunnies
2: (laughs) gluten is without honor i love
1: it yes i will share the link (laughs) yeah okay so okay oh goodness what do i think about klingons and blackness or what was the question
0: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> in the in the the juxtaposition, the the turn, the fact that the lack of melanin is what they were focused on as a Klingon community, and not mm-hmm. the fact that this man was willing to be the torchbearer.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I I also found it really refreshing in early Discovery days to see that yes, the albino, the light skinned <laughs> Klingon was the outcast. It was refreshing. It w- the funny thing is, it didn't feel like surprising or strange it just felt like cool and then i was like oh because we don't this literally is usually not what the case this is not we don't usually see this so it it felt both familiar and comfortable and also refreshing and so so yeah i'm a big fan of what discovery has done with klingons in general and i think what 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 i want to see and okay here let me frame this. Let me step take half a step back and frame this because I think it's actually really good for us like take a tiny little deep dive into Klingons. Let's go. Yeah, like we should because this this is Star Trek into Blackness. I love this topic. Let's get into Klingons and Blackness. So here's the thing. We all know that in TOS, the introduction of the Klingons, they visually were in brownface. And because of that, there's a whole generation of Star Trek fans who grew up associating. And I'm not making this up. I have heard from like 50 plus year old white men who were Star Trek TOS fans who were like, oh, I, yeah, I always thought the Klingons were black. Like they, the Klingons were kind of a stand in for like a black oh, and or Asian mm-hmm. monoculture in space. You can't run away from that truth. You can't. I, no one here is is running away from it. But I know some listeners might be like, no. But listen, y'all, it's true, it was a weird subconscious thing that happened, but a whole generation of Trekkies grew up thinking, or Trekkers, I guess, grew up thinking of Klingons as the Black people or the Asians in space. So if you take that and you really dive into what that means, first of all, we see that Klingons, just like with Black cultures and Black people in the media, Klingons are considered a monoculture, and we don't see the depth of diversity within Klingon culture. And Star Trek did this with a lot of species. But with Klingons, it's even more egregious because we saw so much Klingon culture. We have the language. We have, we know about the High Council. We know a lot about Konosh. We know a lot about Klingon history and warriors. There's been so many books written about Klingons, and yet we still have kind of this monoculture idea. But you know what? Discovery did not do a monoculture for Klingons. And we already said this, we saw Klingons with different skin tones. We saw Klingons with different jewelry adorning their heads and foreheads, different wardrobe and and costumes and cultural costumes. The whole point of season one discovery storyline with Klingons was to unite all these different warring factions of Klingons because they were all different cultures. And so that's why whenever people talk shit about Discovery and what they did with Klingons, I'm like, you need to get over your shit because they are actually diversifying Klingons in a way that we've needed that to happen for so so long.
0: Agreed.
2: See, that's fascinating. I and I just learned something. Thank you, Lisa. Yeah. So I'm learning so many things. I'm taking all the notes right now. My pleasure. <laughs>
1: Kennedy, I feel like, Kennedy, you have a lot of really great insight on Klingons and Blackness, too, with DS9. I feel like you and I should team up and do, like, a lecture on Klingons and Blackness.
2: Yes. I will take my money. I will, yes, I will pay for that (laughs) TED Talk. I will pay for that TED Talk. I mean,
0: I will gladly dust off my Son of Moog panel Mm -hmm. to do it again. Yes.
2: Which I have seen and paid for, and it was amazing.
0: (laughs) Thank you. Primarily because I want to garnish enough interest so that I can get one of these highfalutin, high profile convention companies to get me on stage with Michael Dorn and Tony Todd. Just saying that the crowd Mm -hmm. would give a shit about the sons of Moog.
2: Well, I'm going to I'm going to put it out there in this year of 2021 in this Black History Month that now might be the time to put that proposal together my sister.
0: Yeah, yeah, I'm on it. Mm. So, before we before we get too off off track here because you're right, Elisa, there are moments of monochronicity in different species across track. So it's it's incredibly cool to see, you know, blackness represented not only in Klingons but also in the Vulcans, in mm-hmm. in the Romulans, in that one Cardassian dude and in just validating the fact that not only do black folks, that black humans survive to the future but black people on other planets make it as well and are mm-hmm. contributing members of complex ancient societies that are over for the most part their bullshit when it comes to something as superficial as melanin content you know yeah so it's really neat i just want to remind everyone that on saturday february 27th you will get to see the live presentation of Star Trek Into Blackness, the panel. Hit up Women at Warp on all the social medias and stuff for the details forthcoming. Uh, but that will be a YouTube and Facebook live stream. So stay tuned for the details. And it's going to be great. Angelique, where can folks find out more about you on the Internet? Ah, you can find me on the
3: interwebs at AngeliqueRochet.com. Angelique Rochet on the Twitters and Angelique Rochet. Official on the Grams. I'm also on TikTok, but you know you don't want that. Yeah, you do. I'm a voyeur. That's uh, but it's also Angelique Crochet official. Carama's right. Follow me.
0: I I like being validated. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> okay, great. And Carama, where can folks find you on the internet?
2: I'm basically the Blurred Girl everywhere. T H E B L E R D G U R L. I'm always on Twitter and Instagram, and Tuesday nights from 8 p.m. Eastern to 10 p.m. Eastern. You should check out the Blur Girl Live on Twitch on the OS Operating System channel.
0: Excellent. And Alisa, where can folks find you on the interwebs?
2: You can find me
1: on Twitter and Instagram at Alisa Pearl, on Twitch at Lisa so A-P-I-Z-A, L-I-Z-A. And also, please keep an eye out on my socials, because by the time this airs, I probably would have posted that I'm GMing a private Buffy the Vampire Slayer three-shot campaign. And it's open to the public. It's not going to be streamed. It's private, but you do have to pay some monies. But it goes to your girl Eliza, and it's definitely worth it. And Joss Whedon.
0: Hell yeah! <laughs> on that, I'm Kennedy, and you can find me on the internet on Twitter and Instagram, both at that Mikey chick. That's that M I K E Y C H I C K. Don't act up in my comments, though, because I will drag you publicly and block you. Just so you know,
1: she's she's not lying. You say that so nicely,
0: too. I will block you. I will. I will. So smooth. Just saying, hey, listen.
1: <laughs> kind of want to be blocked by you, Kimmy. <laughs> that's <laughs> so sick. <sad. laughs>
0: uh, that's the other Instagram page. I mean, huh? <laughs> <laughs> to learn more about our show or to contact us, visit WomenAtWarp.com or find us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at WomenAtWarp. You can also email us at crew at, women at And for more Roddenberry podcasts, visit podcasts.roddenberry.com. Thanks so much for joining us. Stay black. Stay black.
2: I'm done with you.
3: This is a Roddenberry podcast.